And this is why revelation is so important because we are learning the how significant it is to draw people into the kingdom of God so that they will not suffer the wrath of God. So we are to confess Christ. Hello everyone and welcome to episode five in our series, Revelation Expectations. Thank you for joining us. I'm Stephanie Wright. And I am Apostle Charles Wright. And we are continuing on this journey of the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the last book of the Bible. And today we are going to start our study in chapter three of Revelation and the Church of Sardis. Okay, let's get started. As a reminder, we have covered the churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, and Thyatira in episodes two through four. And we encourage you to listen to this series first podcast on YouTube, our YouTube presentation, to establish a foundation for past and future episodes. Revelation is a powerful book that reveals Jesus' love and mercy to us and the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want any to be lost. If you do not know him, now would be a good time to invite Jesus into your heart as your Savior and Lord. We should examine ourselves and not only focus on these historical churches, but also reflect on our own lives today and the words from Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, that states, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. Why? Because the time is at hand. And remember, the seven churches are addressed by Jesus in red letter, depending on your Bible. And we are also told in Revelation, later chapters of what is to come, the warning of the wrath of God. However, the wrath of God is not for those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord. The pattern for all of these churches, there is a pattern here. First, we look at Jesus identifying himself, reflecting his character, and for some, his title. Second, we look at what the particular church was doing, in this case, the church of Sardis, and third, what the church was not doing. Next, we look at the charge or the instructions for each church. Then we look at the punishment for not following through on the charge or instruction. We then look at the promise from God if the church listens and does what is instructed. Each of the seven churches has some adversary. Two things are repeated for all of the churches. One, Jesus says, I know your works. Second, Jesus tells each church, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. First, Let's look at Jesus' title or his character or what else? How, how else do you like to define his this? identification? Okay, is how they how he identifies himself. And the thing that we want to remember about the way he identifies himself or his character is that he is saying 
what he has the authority to say. And what he is saying specifically applies to the particular church. So in other words, his identification or title or characteristics in Sardis chapter three, verse one is, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now, Revelation chapter one, and verse 20 says the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4 says the seven spirits are seven lamps. The seven lamps are the spirit of God. So there is a lot in Revelation uh, as far as interpretation goes. And we shared this in our first, our very first uh, episode that Everybody doesn't necessarily agree on the interpretations and everybody doesn't necessarily get it right. So we're giving our, you know, how our perspective is how, how, is how we see this. So what I'm seeing in this is I believe that the spirit refers to the Holy Spirit who is able to identify everybody back then and everybody now and let those people in that day and us today know what could prevent you, us, from being delivered from the wrath of God, which we will cover in later chapters. Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation are saying, find yourself, listen and obey, because the time is at hand, as Pastor Charles pointed out in the beginning. That's Revelation verses one, or chapter 1, verse 3. Okay, you have something to yeah. comment? Yeah, in addition to um, identifying Jesus and his power and authority and his character, he is introducing himself to the church of Sardis and all of the churches, actually. He introduces them to verify who he is. Um, when he said that he has uh, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, he is telling us that the seven stars are the pastor's in the church are the leaders. He is also telling us that his seven spirits, which are of the Holy Spirit, is before the Lord. And I'd like to add what in some studies and scholars say, what are the identification of the seven spirits that he has, that he that embodies Jesus, uh, who gives the who introduces himself? Well, some of the study says that the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has embodied within himself is wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, that's three, the fortitude, the spirit of fortitude or strength, that's four, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of piety or loyalty or reliability, and of course, the spirit of reverence of the Lord. So, um, you have to do your own study sometimes and find out what you believe these seven spirits are, uh, that his book, which embodies him as the power of God, omnipresent, omnipotent, all power and omniscience, knowing all. OK, so let's look now at what these churches did and what these churches did not do in chapter three, verse one. Jesus says, I know your works. You have a name that you live. So he goes on to, to also say the things they're not doing, the name that you livest and you are dead. 
So to me, it's saying you're living some of it, but you're not living all of it. You are. Verse two says that we are to be watchful. Don't have one foot in Christ and one foot out of Christ. Verse two says, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Okay, so what they what they are doing, they have they have a name that lives, but what they are not doing is their works are dead and their works are not perfect. They are not trying to seek perfection, not trying to mature or grow. They're satisfied where they are. Are we satisfied where we are? Because if we are, then we're like the Church of Sardis. Mm. Yeah, and uh, from my understanding as well. That uh, when he says there in chapter three, verse one, he, he says, I know your works and I know, let me paraphrase that. And I know that you have a name, but, and I also know that you, that you have a name that appears to appear that you are alive and well, but Jesus is saying, no, you really aren't. Sometimes people, we think more of ourselves than we should. And in, in this church, like any other church today, some are reputable some are uh, authentic. Some are simply just performers. And if you would, and I, know, I don't like to use this word, but it's true. Some are just plain old hypocrites. And Jesus is pointing this out because he says there in verse one, also, you have a name and a reputation that you are alive. But Jesus says, no, you're not alive. Some of you are dead. Some of you are asleep. You're unconscious of where you have been and where you should be going and where we have been and where we should be going. We're not perfect. In other words, we're not mature. And that's what he finds that he's not happy with. He doesn't want us to be uh, complacent and unalert and unconscious like a person who sleeps and appears to be dead. And we have to come to understand what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to go beyond our self-satisfaction and, you know, thinking more of ourselves than we should. Now, moving on to the charge, he's saying to them, be watchful. Um, there is hope when he says to be watchful. He tells them to strengthen what remains that is about to die. So there's something still there, but it's about to die. The charge also, he says in verse three, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, remember, and hold fast and repent. Verse five, he, he says, he that overcometh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. So He's telling them to listen to what the spirit says, and he's telling them to overcome. So that is the charge. That is what they are being told as instructions to do so that they will not see the wrath of God. And the same is, applies to us, that we are to be watchful. We are to remember what the word of God says to us. We are to be overcomers because we have the power through the Holy Spirit to be overcomers. And we must listen to what the spirit says. Yes. I noticed that uh, also that um, in the charge, which can be classified also as um, uh, a, a state of counsel. The Lord is counseling us with the charge and he is telling this church and, and also us. He's telling us the, the first thing I saw was, what's the activity I should take? Remember. What's the next activity I should take? And this is in three, chapter three, verse three. What's the next activity I should take that he is telling me, counseling me to do? He says to hold fast, get a grip on what you remember. That's good counsel. 
And then I think we understand that. In fact, that's good wisdom. This is coming from the seven spirits of the Lord, I believe. Uh, it, It will bring you strength if you follow his instruction and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. It says the Holy Spirit is saying these things to us. Hear what the Spirit says. And the Spirit says, remember. Hold fast, repent, and the, and everything that you're to remember. It is you do these things. That's wisdom. That's understanding. That's good counsel. This is a good charge for us. It brings life and that all and bringing strength into our soul. And then we will be fruitful and multiply. We will increase instead of remaining stagnant and just be satisfied with where we are. So he's telling us recapture and hear again what the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's wisdom, the seven spirits of it before God, it'll bring salvation to the soul and bring salvation to the mind, salvation to your will and salvation to your bodies, because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's move to the punishment. It says in verse three, if therefore thou shalt not watch. I will come on thee as a thief and you shall not know what hour I will come upon thee. So in other words, he says, if we don't do the things that he has asked us to do, and he mentions specifically in verse three, watching, he's going to come as a thief in the night. And this is referencing First Thessalonians chapter five, verse two, which says, well, let's start with verse one. But of the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need that I write to you for you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And it goes on in verse nine, it says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So this goes back to what we said at the beginning of this presentation, that those who are in Christ do not have to fear the wrath of God. But he tells them that the punishment is going to be that they will miss the return of Christ when Jesus returns to take those that belong to him back with him. He will appear in the clouds the first time. He says, you're going to miss the rapture. You're going to be left behind if you don't do the things that are listed to you and that we just covered in verses three, five and six to uh, the charge to remember, to overcome, to hold fast. Uh, to repent, most of all. And repenting is something that, you know, we have to do every day for some of us. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's better to repent and let God know that you are sincerely sorry if you have gone astray. Well, in that verse uh, also, Stephanie, about the punishment, it has to be a painful thing to think that the Lord will come uh, without you knowing it. And then suddenly things are so different uh, because of the rapture, he comes and he stops in the midair. And, and it, I think it's in Thessalonians also, four and, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, and, uh, 16 and 17, that the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, they that remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And it makes me think about the parable Jesus gave about the five wise and the five foolish virgins, that uh, some were wise enough to have their lamps trimmed, burning bright. They knew to go back and get their Lamps filled with the oil, with the counsel, with the joy, with the seven spirits of God. They, they humbled themselves and said, I will be watching and expecting him to come. There's a scripture that tells us, Jesus says, he's coming after those that are uh, expecting him, 
Revelation and expectation, it, it, it involves a great deal of expecting, 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 because that in itself is evidence of believing and believing. And your, and your acts and your works will follow that. I believe, therefore, I will follow the charges and counsel that the God has given us. So be sure that you are on watch and be sure also that your lamps are filled with the Holy Spirit or the seven spirits of God. Okay, moving on to the promises from God, he says uh, in verse four, you have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. And verse five says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Wow. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So, what we're seeing here is, um, first of all, do not read more into the white raiment than is here. Um, it says here that the white raiment really represents being worthy in chapter 3, verse 4, and the white raiment represents overcoming in chapter 3, verse 5. And then when we talk about the book of life, there is a reference in chapter 20 of Revelation at verse 12 and verse 15. The book of life will be opened and whoever is not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. And as far as when reference is made to confessing his name, Jesus will confess our name before the father and before his angels. We can reference chapter 10 of Matthew at verse 32, which says, confess me before men and I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. And Luke chapter 12, verse 8 says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the angels of God. So we are not to be ashamed of Christ. We are to confess him. And this is why revelation is so important, because we are learning the how significant it is to draw people into the kingdom of God so that they will not suffer the wrath of God. So we are to confess Christ to the world. You're bringing out a lot of good stuff there. Um, I'll go back and look at that verse as well, as well regarding the promises and rewards that come from God. Uh, thou hast a few, and I believe Stephanie brought it out. There are a few people who really are confessing Christ. There, and 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 they can expect that their names would be confessed also in heaven uh, before the angels and before God by Jesus Christ. So, confessing Him also is found in a, the life that we live, in the works that we do. She said, "I know your works." If you're not confessing him, eh, maybe some things are kind of lacking there as far as the works. I know your works and so forth and so on. You, and, and, and to be worthy to walk in the spirit with the spirit, seven spirits of God, all his counsel, all his might, all his strength, uh, to be encouraged and, and don't be weary with well-doing. Um, it's going to bring the rewards of, can you imagine, I talked to Stephanie about it, I said, can we imagine how that would be for Jesus to confess us before the angels and the myriad of angels, the millions of, I don't know how many angels are in heaven, yet they'll hear your reputation. Because your reputation is in your name. If you have the reputation of confessing and preaching and teaching and going podcasts and you 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 doing videos and so forth and things like that, you're doing the work of God because the Holy Spirit is directing you to do it. So you should be glad about it. So I'm just saying that um, these are the works of God, and 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 I want to throw this in as far as the white garments. I was saying, Stephanie, I think that down here we better first put on our armor of God so we can qualify to have those white garments. 
Okay, so we're going to close out now. And thank you for joining us today. And have a great rest of the week. A great rest of the month. Great life. And next time we will come back with the Church of Philadelphia. Yeah. And don't forget to read the other podcasts, especially at the beginning, chapter two, to get a good foundation for the rest of the study that we will cover. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.